Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself, Eric? Fantastic. I'm excited to be here with you again today because this is part two of a podcast we started last time, which obviously because this is part two, that was part one. I think that's how it right, works, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the logical I'm, chain. So far, so good, Tim. I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on point here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in the first podcast, you started to tell us about value drivers for your business. And we covered the first three, and I think you've got nine, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. That's correct. Right on. All right. Can you give us a little bit of a reminder of what value drivers are for those that may be catching this podcast for the very first time, and then maybe recap um, just a high-level view of the first three. And if they're interested, they can go back and listen to it, because you don't have to explain the first three again, but just kind of give them a review. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I've talked in many of the podcasts in the past about our wealth management process and when we do advanced planning for clients, we focus on wealth transfer, wealth protection, charitable giving, and we also focus a great deal on wealth enhancement. And enhancement is really doing tax planning, cash flow planning, and business valuation planning so that when somebody does exit the business, which is for a family-owned business owner, entrepreneur, that's often the largest asset that they have, and that enables them you know, to, to get financial security for them and their family. So one of the things that we focus on is, you know, value drivers. What what are some of the key things that drive and improve the value so that when you do plan to exit, you know, you get the most out of it. So even if you're exiting where you've got internal management taking over, you might have family taking over, or you may be looking for a external buyer. Either way, there's just these value drivers that help you make sure you're getting the, the maximum price and I mentioned at the last, uh, the first half of the podcast or the podcast part one that, you know, it takes a long time to do this. And the sooner you do it, the better, because um, a lot of these things are very uh, complicated and emotional. So we talked last time in part one about the first three drivers and the one being, the first one being the making sure you have next level management. And I mentioned that that was kind of the mother of all drivers because you really need to work on a team that will be your succession long-term because they will help you with the other drivers, making sure that they're in place and they're there when you exit. Value driver two we talked about was operating systems, and that really addressed scale, profitability, uh, making sure that the, the processes you have in place for business are being documented, they're being measured and tracked, and that they're scalable. In other words, if you are gone, they could still, you know, they could still be generating revenues, still be generating profits, and it doesn't just rely on you. And then the third one we talked about yesterday was, you know, making sure you have a diversified customer base. And that really goes to concentration risk. You know, right now we're going through the economic shutdown uh, as a result of social distancing related to the coronavirus. And I think people are looking now or at least understanding now how concentrated maybe their business was you know were they working in industries that are being shut down and as a result they're being more impacted and if so if you are concentrated in terms of like what percentage 
you know, of your revenue is from specific industries, clients, geography. Um, in my industry, it's age. Are, are your clients older and are you working with the next generation? So there's a lot of benefits of diversified customer base. And so if you have next level management, if you have an operating system in place, if you have a diversified customer base, you'll get a higher value when you look to exit. And so those are the first three we went through. And so today I thought we would, you know, go through six more. So I'm going to try and jam them all into this uh, <laughs> the limited time we have, but just let everyone know that we have a great ebook. Um, and Eric, I just remembered as I'm speaking that you asked for a copy of that. So I'm going to make a note right now to send it to you. But we have a great um, ebook on value drivers that offers even more information. Perfect. All right. Let's start with number four then. The fourth metric that we focus on with clients is what we call proven growth strategy. So oftentimes when we're working with a business, they look at their revenues, look at their earnings, they can make nice graphs. But what a buyer is really looking for is making sure that there's a process in place where they're actually tracking, you know, metrics for their industry. You know, in your industry, how do you measure specifically, you know, different growth patterns and how are you compared to your peers? Um, they also look at things like, are you staffing it? Is this something you're just doing once a year when your CPA comes in to do the tax return or the audit? Or is this something that you are actually tracking, you know, as you go, you know, part of your strategic plan? One of the things that I, uh, I have found that really help business owners with this is reaching out to getting involved in your industry associations. Uh, you know, oftentimes I'll ask, like uh, we work with a lot of general contractors in the commercial construction industry. They could be uh, commercial, like general contractors, construction managers. They could also be uh, contractors for specific trades like electrical, heating and air, etc. When I'm talking to them, I, I always ask, you know, where are you getting your your information about your peers, about your industry? Are you, do you get them locally? You know, if you're in Chicago, are you attending local conventions? Are you going to the national conventions? Because I'm always trying to find out how I can also tap into those same associations and so I can gather information that we can, you know, benchmark them against other, their competitors. How are they growing relative to the industry, to the mm -hmm. sector, to the geography, et cetera? And really my favorite one that I think adds the greatest value, and we have a lot of resources that can help the list, help listeners and help our clients about this is what I call forming CEO groups. And what I have found is that when you're operating your business and you're spending all of your time and energy on it day to day, it's hard or it's very rare that you step back, look at the business, and then when you do, it's not like you're going to call your local competitor, you know, mm -hmm. and say, hey, what are you doing? Hey, let's compare notes. Yeah. But what I find is that when you, you form or join or, you know, find these groups of other CEOs like you, and they don't even really have to be in your same industry. It helps if they are, but you might find a, a general contractor who's in the southwest and you're in the northeast, but you're facing some of the similar problems for succession planning, business valuation, hiring, firing, recruiting, retaining, all those things. Mm -hmm. I find that the CEO groups and helping our clients find them or form them is really a great value add that we offer. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting because um, you and I maybe have spoken about this a little bit, but we had a pretty catastrophic event happen in our home. One of our walls, we found out that there was some water damage in it and we had to replace a 27 foot wall in our house and it was a supporting wall. So that was a really interesting time, but that time just happened to be after 
a really bad hurricane season and flooding mm. season for the nation. And so purchasing some of those supplies, you, you brought up contractors and just thinking about construction itself, you're absolutely right because the price of all these supplies was pretty high when I had to purchase them. But I can imagine for a contractor who's doing a ton of work, somebody in the Southwest, somebody in the Northeast, like you're talking about, that's, that's a nationwide issue. When there's a shortage of supplies, each one of those businesses is going to have to cope and deal with that. So it would be a very interesting conversation to be able to have that with somebody who's not your competitor locally, right? Like you're talking about, but to be able to ask those questions, Hey, you know, how are you guys adjusting billing? How are you guys dealing with this? How are your clients or customers seeing this? You know, when they say, wait a second, we got a quote a year ago and now all of a sudden this quote is so much higher and you have to explain, well, there's a shortage of these buildings materials because so much of it's being purchased you know, by insurance companies to, to replace damage and things like that. So we call them mastermind groups. When I, when I do coaching, we call them mastermind groups a lot of times. And so I, I firmly believe that that is one of the best things a CEO or an owner of a business can do is get involved in a masterminds group or a CEO group, like you're saying, so that they can compare notes and learn and going back to what I call iron sharpening iron, right? I don't call it that, but that's been called that for a long time. Iron sharpening iron. It is a wonderful way to learn and to grow your own business by learning the positive things other people have done and then also learning from mistakes people have made. Yeah, I mean, I personally have formed a professional network. I've screened and interviewed and identified a CPA, um, a life insurance specialist, a great uh, private client attorney, a, a wonderful um, like property and casualty, high net worth um, agent. And we meet twice a year really just to brainstorm a case study. And I, you know, I have a separate group that I meet with that are financial advisors around the country where we brainstorm trying to get best practices for our clients. So we do it personally. I wouldn't ask clients to do anything we don't do. I find great value and I can see the great value that clients get when they do it also. Um, so let me d- dive into the next value driver, which we, we call recurring revenue. And I'll just use an example um, as the best way to illustrate it. You know, if you think about residential real estate, you're, you know, you want to go buy a house or sell a house, you work with your real estate broker and they are transaction based. So they're out there hustling, they're out there trying to get business, close business, and they make money when the deal closes. So it's transaction based. And I have a, another, I have a client who actually I've worked with her since 1988. So I like to think I was four when I did it, but I wasn't. It was for a long time, but she's a very successful commercial real estate broker. And what I've learned in that industry is that there are ways to offer consulting business. So if you are a landlord of a large high rise or a large commercial office building, you might offer, you might pay a consulting fee, which is recurring revenue. And that just, what that does is that retains the broker to, you know, help you with all the different leasing and Mm -hmm. things that have to be done throughout the year. And what I've found is that a the value of a commercial real estate firm that has consulting revenue is two to three times higher than one that is strictly transaction based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, just think of this, the, the next generation, the millennials that really do everything via subscription service, like their iPhone, anytime fitness, pretty much everything they do is on the phone and with, paid by subscription. That's really what you need to think about with your business. How can I generate more recurring revenue, recurring business? And how can I create processes to do that? Because that'll generate a higher multiple when you're looking to exit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is, you're spot on. That is a trend that is happening and it's been very, very successful for quite a number of years. 
Exactly. And then the next value driver we focus on is what we call good or improving cash flow. So oftentimes we meet with a client and they have a great internal team. They've probably got a good accounting manager, a CFO, and then maybe once or twice a year they meet with their CPA uh, when it's time to do taxes or to do an audit. And I've had in previous podcasts I've talked about, if you go back to like the first three or four podcasts I did last year, we talked about building a team and specifically building a team outside of the business, you know, so like uh, Team Tim, you know, what, what, where's my, I have great people inside my business, my mm -hmm. practice, but I also have advisors, a CPA attorney, et cetera, that are, are kind of Team Tim. They help me manage and forecast my business. And one of the things that they help me do, and one of the things we then try to help our clients do is really manage um, and document and track that they have good, improving cash flow. Because a buyer coming in, it will definitely pay more if they can see that there's a not just a it's happening, but you have a process in place. Um, and I'll just give you a quick example. We we went in and worked with a business that had had good cash flow, but one of the issues we kind of identified when we did an analysis was that their cost of acquiring a new client was pretty high, and as a result, the payback period, uh, you know, for acquiring a new client was sometimes two three years. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we did was we just brainstormed. We worked with industry association data. We looked at best practices in a couple other industries and then tried to come up with a, a way to change the acquisition cost. So it doesn't cost as much to get new clients. As a result, you can grow faster, grow better. And, and your cash flow shows a demonstrated growth pattern, mm -hmm. which again, gets you a higher multiple on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. So that's an example, again, of just one where you really need a very strong team. And, and again, oftentimes what we do is we bring in that preferred network I mentioned that I brainstorm mm -hmm. with a couple times a year. And if the client's willing, we'll take their information confidentially and I'll brainstorm with my group. I'll brainstorm with my advisor group, uh, hopefully to get better ideas. And also, like I said, go to industry associations. So it's kind of like a case study. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. case study. That's, Perfect. You're just so much better with words, Eric. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I just put them in words that I understand. I, I don't know if those are the the right words in this specific case, but that's that's what I get from that. Is it's, I mean, how many brains can you have working on one problem? I mean, that's you know, two brains are better than one, and five brains are better than two. It's kind of one of those things where you're going to get so much more experience and knowledge from this knowledge base. To, to be able to solve issues and, and problem solve. And that's, that's what that's all about. So, I mean, I love the concept, you know, that I've already said that multiple times, but man, it's, it's, it's fantastic to hear that you're doing that. Perfect. Yeah. So that, that's another one. And then the next value driver we focus on is we call it demonstrated scalability. Again, I, I talked in part one, the part one of the podcast about scalability, but I'll probably just use an example, a current one. I have a client who is in as a public speaker Originally, he was a Second City improv actor. He's he's always done some commercial work, you know, work on uh, TV commercials. Um, he likely would have gone out to L.A. and worked with a group of people out there. But like you, Eric, you know, you ended up in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up he stayed in Chicago because he fell in love, got married, and he's got a wonderful family. But what he's done is he's built a very successful public speaking and consulting business. Well, as you can imagine, with what we're going through right now where the economy is shut down and there are no conferences, right? Yeah, all of his yeah. business immediately went away. Uh, all the conferences he had booked, scheduled, 
The consulting he was doing for Fortune 500 companies has been stopped, halted. So we're pivoting. I'm, I'm just brainstorming with him to help him pivot. And one of the things that he's looking at is virtual conferences, which mm-hmm. that's been around. I think people have been doing it. I know I I log in and, and participate in industry conferences online. I prefer the, the real ones where you're you know connecting with people. Yeah. But I do think that that's just an example because it's scalable. I've seen Mastermind. I don't know if you've, you've gone online and seen that website, but I'm taking classes on Mastermind.com. I just signed up two days ago. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited. I, it, they're, they're amazing. You know, you can take a class with Steve Martin. I mean, yeah. where else could you do that? And read but the if McIntyre. I think from Steve Martin's perspective, you know, it's scalable <laughs> because yes. he can create one conference and he can get millions of viewers. Yeah. So I think that's just a good illustration of scalability. Yep. I love it. I'm so excited. And by the way, there is a, Texas pit barbecue lesson on there. That's oh, a full I class. did see that. Yeah. Holy cow. That. Just, just watching the preview for that one, the brisket that they're cooking. Oh, good gravy. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what sold me on it. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I had, um, I had read a book called never split the difference by a former FBI agent who is a hostage negotiator. Hmm. I noticed he was offering a class. So <laughs> I signed up and it's, it's a wonderful class on negotiating. So, oh, wow. Okay. I've got to write that one down for sure. Yeah, there's so many different things, but the the key is again, he's a, he wrote a book. He I don't know him at all. He wrote a book. He does public speaking, but now he's offering some of his his um, content, some of his you know value via the internet, and that's completely scalable. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. So that's just an example. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then there's two more. One of them, the last that we call the number eight, I guess, would be competitive advantage. So. You know, I, I was thinking this morning before the podcast, Eric, that, you know, your competitive advantage is your voice, right? You have a voice for radio. Why, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. I know you like doing that. <laughs> but oftentimes we come in and we, we will focus with the client on, okay, what is your competitive advantage? Typically they have one and they're just really not focusing on it or aware of it and they're not highlighting it. But if they focus on it, they're aware of it and they highlight it it will result in a higher multiple, higher value when they're looking to exit. A lot of times what we do is we'll look at things like profit margins and growth rates. And, you know, okay, if yours are higher than your competitor and if you're competing in your marketplace, why is that? And then we kind of back into and identify, are you better? Are you cheaper? Are you faster? Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about financial advisor coaching programs in the past. And I remember taking a peak class where Ron Carson talked about Ritz-Carlton service with FedEx speed. Mm-hmm. You know, if that doesn't create a visual, I don't know what does. Yeah, seriously. But that's a competitive advantage, you know, and that's what you, you need to do. Yep. So I'll, I'll just give you one more example. In one case, we worked with a client where we looked at the mix of business and we helped them, but we didn't do it. We brought in consultants to help them kind of identify less profitable business lines and come up with a plan over time to convert, you know, shift from them to more profitable ones. Mm. And as a result, you know, that became kind of a competitive advantage because a niche also becomes a competitive advantage. If you focus, if you're not everything to everybody, if you focus on who you want to work with and how that can be a competitive advantage too. So it's not, there's not a one size nine shoe for everybody. It really is a consultative brainstorming Bring in consultants, talk to your industry associations, and come up with a plan to have a competitive, you know, to identify your competitive advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Great points. And then the final value driver, which 
I was a trained and educated auditor out of college, so uh, of course I like this part is, you know, financials, foresight, financial controls. Hmm. As you can imagine, Eric, when I'm working with business owners, oftentimes there's a, I'll call it integration or mix between personal and business of what runs through the the financial uh, mm-hmm. accounting system, right? And it's all up and up, et cetera. I'm not saying there's anything going bad going on, but what happens is in an attempt to reduce profit to reduce taxes, oftentimes clients will do that. But then what that does is that also, you know, reduces the value on the back end. And part of that is not really setting up proper processes in place for contingency plans, fraud detection, security, documenting what you're doing. And so we have a checklist that we use. We call it a stress test. We'll go in and go down a list with, you know, the CPA, the attorney, the internal team, and we, we talk about, you know, do you have a contingency plan? If your technology backs up, you know, Eric, if, you're, if your microphone goes down, I imagine you have a backup microphone you could plug right in. I do. Um, security. There's so much security fraud going on right now. Before the podcast, I just read that I think it was, I don't want to mention the name, but a big hotel chain just had a 5 million person, yep. 5 million of their customers were breached. It's just scary. And I've mentioned on many podcasts in the past, passwords we all have them are you writing them down somewhere and if something happens to you or if one of your key employees leave do you have them somewhere where you could get into things so mm-hmm. again that's just we call it financial foresight and controls but as a buyer comes in if it's haphazard if, if there's no real processes in place that absolutely becomes the deal killer and i've seen it happen where you've gone down the path you're at the altar they look at all the internal controls and see none or maybe see a lot of liability or they're afraid of what could happen and they just walk away. So that's a really important value driver also. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That was nine. I mean, that's a lot um, that <laughs> we've covered in two podcasts. I mean, it's a lot to digest. The beauty of this is, Tim, that you mentioned it earlier. You've got the ebook. And so if people want to dive in deeper of what you've already shared on um, last podcast and this podcast, they can go get that. Um, can you remind them before we close up um, how they can actually get a copy of that? Sure. They can always email me at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com. Okay. Uh, my direct line is 219-246-5370. They can also find a lot of these resources from the podcast on our website, which is htgreatlakes.com. All right. Great. Um, I didn't want to derail anything, but do you have any other closing thoughts before we wrap up? I guess my summary conclusion really is that next level management is the key driver. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we talk to clients about preparing for exiting down the road, that's the big thing. It involves delegation. You know, we talked at part one about how emotional and psychological that is, but that's really the key. And that's because that drives the rest of them. And you can't, the second thing I'll just say is you cannot start soon enough Mm -hmm. because it takes a long time, as you can imagine. So get, get working. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody listening to this, please go back and listen to part one for sure. That is where you'll find the next level management driver. And that was pretty much the foundation for everything else that Tim has talked about uh, in this podcast and the last one. And I'm going to give the number one more time, reach out and call Tim. If, If you don't have this plan in place or you're thinking, you know what, you know, I kind of been thinking about transitioning my business to somebody else, to something else, uh, then this is a great time to call because you want to do it, like he said, early as possible. And the phone number to reach Tim is 219-246-5370. 
Um, just as a reminder, Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Love it. And I'm also looking forward. I'm going to plug a future podcast. You do have a guest coming on that you talked about in the first podcast. Can you give us one more teaser on who that guest is and what they're going to be talking about? Susan Glatley is a coach that I've used. Uh, she's written, helped written some blogs with me talking about some very complicated estate planning and uh, that she's done with her family. But also, what she's done also, and I, I think it adds value and why I want to make sure she has a podcast with us, is she's a bench strength coach. And she works with a lot of different companies to make sure that they have the, the next generation of management coming up and that they're properly trained, mentored, and, and prepared to take over when the exit, when the, the founders exit. Absolutely. That is a podcast that is coming up. It is coming up soon, uh, within the next month or two. So you'll need to be listening for that. And the best way to do that is to subscribe, which I'll tell you about in just a second. But Tim, thank you so much again for your time. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealthstream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, it's easy please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And we'd appreciate that because this is all good news, especially if you are already in a, uh, a business group, uh, a networking group, maybe this would be a great podcast to share with your networking group because each one of them will find good resources from Tim and the things that he shares. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealthstream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC.